Craft the Improvised Audiobook presents Struggles of a Dark Lord, story inspired by you, our dear listeners, with this week's chapter title suggested by Kelly Dougal on Facebook, read and improvised in real time by Zach Atherton, and introduced by me, Nimbly Pimbly. Chapter 5, A Crack in the Wall. David had never been thrown by his face before, so when Reese did it to him, it was a unique experience. His brain could only vaguely collect all of the images and sounds that were happening the same time before he found himself crumpled into the closet, the door barely open. David had seen the color out of Reese's face drain to a stark white as she heard a noise from the space below. If he had had time to think about it, he might have been impressed and a little at all at the speed and agility in which that Reese had moved in that moment. In a flash, Reese clasped David's face with her hands, compressing tightly at his cheeks so that his lips puckered, stared him dead in the eyes, and whispered so sharply it could have sliced off one of his ears, That is my dad, and he has come home early. He cannot come up here. My cats are dead and missing, and he would freak if he saw you. Do not make a peep. That's when the throwing happened. She almost lifted him by his head over to the closet, threw him with amazing strength, and hit the door behind her as she bolted out of the room. Though David was in the closet in the upstairs, he could hear fairly well of what was happening down below. After the rushed pounding of her feet against the wooden staircase, he heard her say, Hi, Dad, what are you doing home so early? Do you want some dinner? I still have some left over. Oh, no, thank you, sweet pea. I'm stuffed. They brought over hoagies, and I swear I had three roast beef and two of those pizza ones, you know, where they put in the cheese and the pepperoni and whatchamacallit. Our food came earlier than we expected, so we chowed down, and uh, since a lot of us were in food comas, we all decided it's safer if we uh, just called it for the night. Plus, I thought it'd be the perfect time to come home and surprise you with a little something. David could hear the crinkling noise, the rustling of something, before the male voice said, Well, aren't these the cutest things you ever done saw? Mr. and Mr. Peabody are gonna look darn sweet in this. Dad, they're napping, and I I, I think they might not be feeling super well. I'd rather they just sleep up there for a minute. Why don't we come talk in the kitchen? It's It's been a new day with, with Caroline and all. Oh, it'll only take a minute, my sweet pea. And I'm sure this might cheer him up. Say, uh, you're looking awful dirty there, sport. Playing in the mud? David heard Reese speak way too quickly. I was putting something away and fell into the mud. Well, you're still dang cute to me, said the other voice. Come on, real quick, let's go up and surprise him. Dad, no, Reese almost screamed. My room is... A terrible mess right now, and I, I'm really embarrassed. And I'd rather spend time with you downstairs. Are you hiding something from me? Said the other voice suspiciously. You know we've got an open-door policy here in this house. No, Dad, said Reese. It's nothing like that. I just really think the Peabody's need their rest. Well, if you really think they're sick, sweetie, I, I better go check up on them. I won't wake them up. I'll just go in and peek. David heard two sets of footsteps walking up the stairs one set heavier than Reese's light patter. 
He heard the ground creak closer to him, and a small squeal of a door on a hinge as the door opened. Peering through the crack of the door, David saw the man that Reese had been talking to. A man of small frame, dark hair, neatly parted to the side, as if it had been done with a ruler, in a smart suit and shoes that looked to be worse for wear. I don't see him in their, uh, their bed there, Reese. Uh, they sleeping somewhere else? Uh, they in the closet again? No, Dad, sputtered Reese. No, I, I, I think they might be in the bathroom. Gosh, you're acting all awful nervous. I'll just check real quick in the closet, and then I'll head over to the bathroom, sweetie. The man walked over to David's hiding place and extended his hand to pull the door. And in that moment, David felt a strange sensation that he'd only felt once before in his life, but it felt not one hour ago. He felt his body thinning, depressing into space beyond him. Not like smushing yourself up against a wall, but the feeling of placing your hand on ice, which you thought to be solid until you pressed more firmly and it gave way, and you were submerged partially. Only this time, his whole body didn't have the sensation, but just his hands. He felt as his hands pressed into darkness, the darkness feeling solid and tangible, yet like nothing, having no temperature, but giving David the sensation of coolness. And as he pressed his hands down, he felt them lengthen and elongate and snake from under the door and curving into a space which he could not see with his eyes, but could sense the shape and the height and the depth of the space. David had recognized the word that Reese had so forcefully whispered into his ears not a few minutes ago, the word cats. The higher-up goblins would often keep them as pets. They would perch on their shoulders, looking menacingly with green eyes down at you, making you feel doubly nervous when they passed you, or at worst, stared at you after being addressed for some announcement or some heat of warning they would give from time to time. He didn't know much more about them, other than the cats that he saw were always black. Summoning this image from his mind, David shaped his hands into small creatures with four legs, long tail, and pointy ears, and walked them in a fashion he hoped was convincing, out the opening where he felt his shadow reach, and puppeted them onto a soft, cushiony surface in the corner of the room, where he laid them down and imitated sleep, moving his hands up and down, rhythmically, but on two separate beats, to simulate breathing. Oh, there they are, those devils. They look a little weird to me, Reese. Maybe we should take them to the vet tomorrow or the next day, maybe. David heard a small crack in Reese's voice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe we should. But let's just let them get some rest now. That sounds like a good plan, said the other voice. But first chance we get, we're putting on these embroidered sweaters I got them. Cost me forty nine ninety nine for the pair, won't you know? Boy. Mrs. Higgins down over on Ninth sure knows how to haggle. Those haggling Higgins, he chuckled. Well, I'm going to take advantage of getting home early and grab some extra shut-eye. Maybe even read the sports column before I go to sleep. You good to wash up and go to bed, Ada Reese? Yeah, Dad, Reese said. Sure thing. Well, I love you, little moon. You don't stay up too late, okay? David heard as a soft peck of a kiss. Then he heard the heavier footsteps leave the room and heard Reese close the door. David let go of the shadows and 
let his hands return to the rest of him was, and felt a small ache in his arms, as if he had been clenching his hands into fists. Reese hurried to the door and opened the closet. In the darkness, David saw her reach up on her tippy toes and pull a chain, pull it down towards her, and with a small click, light illuminated him. What just happened? Reese said in an urgent whisper. What was up with those cats? Oh, said David. I, gosh, this is so new to me, I, but I think I did some more shadow magic. I, I used it to puppet those, those, those black things, those cats. You call them cats here too? Yeah, said Reese. There are cats in the down under? Yeah, said David. Only the higher-ups use them, or have them, as pets. I remember you said that your cats had died, and that seemed like an important thing. And when your dad was going to come over to the closet, well, on instinct, I just sort of acted, and I don't know. I just did it. Well, you sure saved our skins, said Reese. Thank you for that. We're going to have to figure out a more long-term solution to my cat problem. What happened to your cats? asked David. I fed them raisins, and then they died, and then they disappeared when you came here, said Reese. Oh, said David softly. I'm sorry. That sounds like a sad thing that happened to you. I'm still processing it, said Reese. Everything that just happened is so crazy, and I still can't believe that I'm talking with you. I hope that it's okay, said David. If I've worn out my welcome, I'm happy to go somewhere else. No, exclaimed Reese. No, this is just so new. It's good, I think. Hey, what's that behind you? David turned and looked over his right shoulder and saw a bunch of strange items he wasn't sure of. Long, flowing garments, some with depictions of beautifully colorful shapes, a shimmering yellow coat, and an image of a horse on the wall. Oh, I don't know what a lot of these things are. What do you call this? He said, pointing to the yellow thing. That's my raincoat, said Reese, but that's not what I'm talking about. On the wall behind you. David turned around more to see what she was talking about, and sure enough, saw a crack in the wall. But not a crack as if it had broken, but what seemed to be a tear in the wall, with space of perfect blackness in the edges of it. Oh, man, said David. I'm not sure, but that looks nasty. Did I do that? He asked. I don't know, said Reese. But I'm going to have to add that to my laundry list of things I'm going to have to cover up and figure out. She opened the door wide and gestured towards the bed. David walked out, looking at her, and continued to do so as he backed and hopped onto the bed. As he saw her pull off from the shelf of her closet what appeared to be a parchment and a small roll of some clear substance, which she unrolled and bit off with her teeth into two strips. I'll put up this poster I got for Christmas to cover up the crack said Reese. It was from an aunt of mine who knows nothing about me, so she gave me this poster that I never use. Looks like I'll be able to put it to good use now, huh? She flattened out the parchment onto the wall, revealing the image of a young man with golden hair that fell on his face to his eyebrows. He saw her place the two clear strips at the top and at the bottom and smoothed it out so that it perfectly obscured the crack by covering a good portion of the wall. There said Reese. One problem solved, a million to go. She closed the door behind her. Now, 
What are we going to do with you? Oh, I don't want to be any trouble, said David. You needn't worry about me. I'm sure I can take care of my... A large grumble from David's stomach erupted. A hunger pain that was so violent, it was even a little painful. David realized that he couldn't even remember the last time that he had eaten. That morning in the Down Under, before he went to work, where he had his daily bowl of snake's blood and salt, seemed eons ago, and he had forgotten that he had needed sustenance to live. I guess I'm a little hungry, chuckled David. Do you have any good snakes around here? And should I just scrape the salt off these walls? Asked David. Reese let out a girly giggle. Snake blood, she said. You can't be serious. And why would you want to scrape my walls? Do you eat, do you eat paint chips in the down under? She mused. We do, said David. It's pretty much everything I eat, he said sheepishly, feeling a little silly that he was laughed at for what he considered to be a very normal meal. Oh, replied Reese. Well, I don't have any snakes, but I do have this. She went down on her knees beneath the bed that David was sitting on and pulled out a small wooden box with what looked like jewels encrusted on top of it that said treasure. She opened it and pulled out a square orange shape and turned it over and looked at him with smiling eyes. If you like snakes, she said, you're going to love this. Reese's peanut butter cups, only the greatest invention of mankind the greatest delicacy of our age. Go ahead. She tossed it to him, and David clumsily caught it, and immediately shoved it in his mouth. At first he could only taste a bland and inedible taste, but as his many rows of teeth chomped into it and tore through whatever substance it was, a wave of sweetness, pure joy, flooded his mouth and exploded into his body. He could feel his pupils dilate and his heart beat faster as he experienced the sensation of enjoying food. No, 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 Reese laughed. Not like that, you big doof. You have to take it out of the packaging. David couldn't imagine it could be better than this, but he heeded her counsel, and after she showed him how to take off the orange material, which he learned to be just a covering, consumed eight more of these Reese's peanut butter cups in quick succession. The up and upper is the greatest place in the universe, said David. If you like that, said Reese, you're going to go nuts for all the things I have to show you. Feeling his tummy was satisfied, David sat on the bed, placed his hands at his side, and felt his eyes be heavy, and recognized that he was exhausted. Oh boy, said David, I guess it's been quite a day for me too. I'm feeling pretty tired, and feel like I should hit the old boulder, if you know what I mean. Boulder? asked Reese quizzically. Is that what you sleep on? Well, of course, said David. What else am I supposed to sleep on in my cave? I have so many questions, Reese asked wide-eyed. But I suppose that can wait till morning. Let me make you a bed. David watched as he saw Reese up nimbly off her bed and into her closet, where she pulled out what she told him to be called a blanket and a pillow from her closet, which she then spread underneath her own bed and pulled her covers down off the side until they touched the floor and obscured the space beneath the bed. There, said Reese. You could sleep under here. Sometimes I do it for fun. I feel like I'm camping. If you need anything, just knock three times, and I'll come peek down and whisper at you. But you're going to have to be really careful while you're here. My dad, Richard, I don't know how he would respond to seeing you, and I want to make sure you have a safe and good time here at the, the up-and-upper, she smiled. Thanks for your help with the cats. 
I'll go get some sleep. Thank you, said David. I can't wait for tomorrow. He got on his hands and knees and shimmied underneath and climbed into his makeshift bed, which was the most warm and comforting place he had ever been, laid his head on the pillow as Reese had instructed, and placed the blanket over him. David heard as Reese walked into another room, heard the sound of water, some brushing noises, and a sudden flush of more water, some shuffling and some items being moved around, till finally he saw her ankles and feet and toes right before they hopped onto her bed, saw as the bed depressed slightly towards him as her small frame caused it to creak as he knew she was lying on the top. Hey, Reese, said David. Yeah, David, said Reese. Do you know of any temples? he asked. I'm not sure, said Reese. Why? Oh, just wondering, David said as he felt his eyes succumb to the weight, felt them close shut on his face as his head rolled gently to the side and as his consciousness faded into a warm place. In the closet, the face of the young boy began to shimmer and then bubble and distort in brown as a heat began to emanate from it. If anyone had been awake, they might have heard a faint scratching noise, soft at first, until it became clearly audible, the sound of rushing water, as if a small flood had broken someplace. And in the darkness of the closet, first a point, then a nail, then a finger, then a hand, burst from the face of Justin Bieber. has been first draft of the improvised audiobook. Music by Ethan Young, hosted by the Improv Broadway Network. To help create the story, please leave us comments or suggestions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at First Draft with two S's or at firstdraft at gmail.com, also with two S's. This is Nimbly Pimbly. Thank you for listening. And boy, I could go for some fish and chips right now.